Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Shot Pod. That's right, Shot Pod, where we talk about everything in pop culture from games to entertainment, anything that is affected society wise in regards to pop culture. With me today is my good friend, Alex Cobbett. Or Cobbett. <laughs> Cobbett. Okay. Cobbett if I come from Quebec. There you go. There you go. But when I come from New Brunswick, all right. then it's Cobbett. All right, Cobbett. Sorry. How you doing, Mark? I am all right. How are you? I'm living the dream, you know, trying to run a small business in this awesome country of ours, struggling along and uh, <laughs> being a local musician, trying to get paid from bars with no money. So I'm living the dream. That, that does sound interesting. It's fun. It's a struggle, but we're gonna we're gonna build Canada back, right? That's what life is. <laughs> you just gotta build it up, fall forward. down, build it up again. Yeah, exactly. So I'm new to this whole podcast thing. I love listening to podcasts. I've uh, I've done some interviews, I guess, on shows where people are like, "Hey, do you want to come on and talk about music stuff?" But uh, this is kind of fun when you were when you first messaged me and were like, "Hey, you should come over and do this," and you described to me what the show was about. How it worked, I was like, "Yeah, this is cool. Let's yeah, do this. let's yeah. do this." When up. you when you have all the proper gear, and it wasn't the same um, during lockdown. I was I was saying like, "Hey, do you have a quality mic? What if we uh, What if we did the over the phone thing? Because this gear actually does have uh, a phone channel saw as, that. as well as uh, cool. as well as Bluetooth for hooking up uh, other sources for music and whatever." But uh, but that aside, it's so much better in person to do. I. Uh Subscribe to the Howard Stern's thingy, so it's in my watch videos of Facebook, and I love, you know, just sitting around, and it comes up, and it's stuff like this, right? It's just Howard sitting there, going, okay, so I'm, I'm going to ask him all these questions. I love the way he, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they just cut to, like, any everybody from Ice-T to Katy Perry, you know, telling these stories and stuff, and they got their little headphones on and that, and it's just like, yeah. so I feel like we're playing Howard Stern today. It, yeah, yeah, we're playing <laughs> Howard Stern. It's very, it's very... Uh, At least with me here, you are. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and the gear is on uh, broadcast level. So uh, it's not like it's not like just recording on a on a single channel device that you hook up to the computer. Exactly. This device costs a lot of money. We got the quality, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many uh, parking lot hand jobs was this device? Many is the word. Is the answer? Three hundred and fifty-seven. A gentleman never tells. I just told. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it blows my mind. We had uh, the hot, so I have an electric drum kit that me and my I'm in a two-piece band that plays locally, and we um. We broke the hi-hat, the little... What is the name of that two-piece band, Alex? No One Drowns is the name of the two-piece band me and my friend Eric Gagnon jam with. Sometimes he has other drummers jam in when I'm too busy, but uh, that's our local band. We play in... Um, but when we play, we broke our hi-hat. It's the little pad oh, yeah, actuator. Yeah. So I would hit it, and it would make this like, like noise. Like, oh, well, that's very useful. So it cost <laughs> $700 to replace this piece of the roll. It was a Roland RG8. Is that's the why kit. it's Roland. It's, it's name brand. Roland is... The best when it, I think when it comes to a lot of musical equipment, but to be honest, we could have got a lower quality one. It's just you know, you, it's you get what you pay for with this stuff. Sometimes the seven hundred dollars and it it sounds amazing and it's got all the same feel of my open high hats and the bounce, all the stuff that you would get out of a regular hat. I've tried the three hundred dollars, even though three hundred dollars seems like a good amount of money to spend. You get an intolerable piece of shit for three hundred dollars. Yeah, with, we're an electric drum kit. So, so I had uh, a five hundred dollar Typhoon electronic kit. Typhoon, and well, it, we all uh, started with one of those, <laughs> and it worked well for a couple months. And uh, 
I mean, one of the things that you learn as a drummer for a band is you're always supposed to bang, just bang on all I'm your I'm a hard skins. player, too. Yeah. I'm a very hard player. So I eventually killed uh, multiple pads, including the hi-hat uh, ride, sorry, uh, the snare, and one of the toms. And so I was like, all right, this kid's pooched. Time to move on. <laughs> I've, uh, I break... I break a lot of sticks when we play with the real kit, but I break sticks on the electric kit. I don't, and people look at me. I break about two sticks a night on the electric kit. It's, yeah. That's not cool. That's a that's somebody with a, like a pent up childhood on that drum kit for sure, no doubt, right? Yeah. Third stick that breaks, they're like, yeah, revenge drumming. He's <gasps> got daddy issues. <laughs> look at him go up there. <laughs> All right, so uh, one of the. One of the main topics we're going to get into tonight, uh, one of the first topics for me, uh, just to let the world know, Deadpool, Deadpool is my guy. And um, in regards to Deadpool 3, from what I've read, uh, Maximum Effort Studios has been moved off the Disney lot because Ryan Reynolds has not been seeing eye to eye with Disney. So, uh, so I from like from it. what I get, he he's seems to be a trend. Gina Carano didn't get along with Disney either. <laughs> yeah. Another quality person that doesn't like them. Yeah. Mm. So when mm. it came to uh, working with Kevin Feige, uh, Ryan Reynolds had nothing but nice things to say, and they they both shared a lot of the same vision when it came to the character Deadpool. But when it came to Disney, Disney doesn't want to allow Ryan Reynolds to do no swearing. No, to do nothing. those things, even though they said when when they first uh, brought started talking Deadpool over at uh, Disney that is it they not would... Deadpool and X Men that are like their own thing at the moment, like they're their own little universe and they want to bring that universe into the Marvel universe. Is that not the idea, uh, well, or is no, it just Deadpool on his own? It's, his own? it's just it's just Deadpool. The, the X Men franchise is still separate, and it was okay. they, they just did the the cameos. Gotcha. So because uh, so because they did the cameos. Marvel's talking about uh, releasing the X-Men or mutants into the Marvel Cinematic Universe real soon, and that's supposed to start off in uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Which Loki looks like it's setting up. With, uh, yeah, with, uh, with America Chavez, which is actually a newer created X-Men, which I don't mind. Uh, she looks very much like she has the powers of Dazzler, okay. shooting fireworks from her fingers. <laughs> But uh, and a very uh, rock star, outgoing personality. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing America Chavez. But when it comes to Deadpool, the first movie, I love the first movie. Although it it, it seemed very much like a like a one shot comic. I agree. It w- it looked seemed it seemed like it was written for like just that one thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was well done. It was a nice origin story. You know, good uh, ending. You know, good movies have a good beginning, a solid middle, and a well-written ending. And it had all of that shit. I didn't feel that way about the second one. (laughs) I loved, I I actually loved the second one. Because in the second one, they they just brought out more characters and allowed Deadpool to shine. So, uh, so like, when you see, like, Black Tomcat. Yes, 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 yes. So like you that. see, so you see Black Tomcat, and then you see how Deadpool was playing a, a race card with that, uh, and I, got I, away with it. Disney, yeah. see, Disney's not gonna fucking let that fly. No, never in a no. bazillion years is he gonna get <laughs> run with that kind of joke. No, no, they, they, but they did say that they would allow for uh, an R rating, but. I mean, I guess they're gonna pick and choose what bits of an R rating that they 
will be okay with. Disney's got enough money that could have him say motherfucker 10 times and just pay the MPAA off and give it a G rating. <laughs> like, let's be honest. They're talking about a bazillion dollar company here. They should just start flying in the right pockets and it'll, it'll get a G rating no matter how bad it is and just start ruining the youth of America the way they really want to. Come yeah. On. yeah. Now, but unfortunately, we don't live in that universe. Yeah. So with, uh, with Disney buying uh, these companies, what I don't like is them... Purchasing the companies and then saying, okay, this is how things are running. We're going to change everything up. Because you can't PG the world. There's no way you can PG the world. Not everybody's going to be cool with it. And you're going to lose shareholders. This reminds me of something else. Uh, record companies. So I was going to compare it to the music industry. Oh, very much. Very, <laughs> so Disney should sit down with MCA or Universal or Sony Music or, so, or, or somebody and go, so how did it work out for you when you took all these really talented groups of people and things and art entities and uh, controlled the living shit out of them and made them sign contracts that bankrupted them and took all their money? How did that go? Because the music industry doesn't exist now. It's all about t independent artists and people doing it themselves and record labels are a thing of the past. <laughs> so Disney's looking at like turning movies into that if they continue with this. Like I don't know if you're into the Gina Carano Whatever, he went down when she left yeah, yeah. and got fired yeah. and all that. But I was like, I was so close to cancel. It's a good thing they started putting out Loki and Bad Batch because I wanted to cancel my subscription so bad. I was having that discussion with my girlfriend saying I wanted to cancel Disney+. Plus. I wasn't a fan of the way they did Gina. It did her, it did her dirty. Yeah, so I wanted to cancel Disney+, Plus, but again, the Marvel shows kept me on. For me, it was uh, like... Uh, what was it? it was a Star Wars thing, and I was like obsessed. I was like, I need... I think it was Bad Batch or something. That came out, and I, I needed to see it. I was like, I, uh, I can't get rid of this, man. Maybe Your I'll just... Bad Batch did come out shortly. Oh, after, I'm a so massive yeah. fan of the, everything that Filoni touches. So. <laughs> but back to Deadpool. Yeah. So, uh, so with Deadpool, there was a lot of controversy surrounding Deadpool, and everybody knows he's an R-rated character. Although, when the first movie came out, there was a massive... Uh, massive spark of outrage with parents saying, well, why can't my kids see this? Why can't my kids see this? Whereas Ryan Reynolds would try to assure everybody, okay, no, Deadpool is an R-rated character. You can't, you can't make him R-rated. And then, sure enough, like a year and some change after the first movie came out, they came out with uh, the Green Band trailer for the, for the newer PG-rated Deadpool. Okay. That was the one that had uh, Fred Savage in the trailers where they were reenacting the uh, the Princess Bride yes. storytelling. Yes, okay, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So that was the... the that was the PG one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that. So, so it can be done. And even in uh, the cartoon Spectacular Spider-Man, which, I mean, it wasn't animated the prettiest, but it still had some very comic-feeling stories. Uh, they busted out Deadpool and Spider-Man in a team-up episode. And they did this funny version where they where they kind of PG-rated uh, Deadpool's R-rating personality. So instead of saying that he was going to kill people, he was saying he was going to unalive them in this Spider-Man You could cartoon. take his cocky attitude and his... his is uh, Ryan Reynolds' whole, oh, I'm going to unlive this person. I can picture <laughs> it. still comes off badass, but they're covering their butt with him saying, yeah. him saying I'm going to fuck this guy up. Whoa, 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 Ryan, don't say fuck. Say you're going to unlive him. That's clever. Yeah. I'll give him that, you know? Yeah. Make it so, funny, at least. So it can still be done, but it's just not but being... Should it be? But it's not being done true to the Deadpool character. When it comes to the Maximum Effort Studios, from what I've read recently, 
Ryan Reynolds actually sold that production studio to Paramount because there are two producers that he worked with on X-Men that are now working for Paramount. So he's decided to... Is X-Men not Sony before? Did they get... Am I wrong with that? Uh, X-Men was Fox. It was... Okay, Fox. Sorry. It was Spider-Man was Sony. Yeah. And then they finally got it from them, though, because they bought them. But uh, they, they bought Fox. They didn't buy Sony. They oh, just, okay. They just made I'm a deal. With everything. They just made a deal with Sony ah. about, uh, about being able to use the character. So they could get him in... Civil War because they're just like they, they yeah. had, they're so desperate yeah, exactly. to get him in Civil War. Okay, okay, cool. I'm learning something. And with with the with the multiverses that come out with the alleged Tobey Maguire and oh, uh, is Andrew Garfield signed possibly, on? Possibly because he I was my. I don't care what anybody says. So he was my favorite. So Tobey Maguire has kind of been confirmed yet is unconfirmed confirmed whereas Andrew Garfield is even lesser known about but everybody believes he's going to be in it as well well because he's really done nothing because. since then so he probably <laughs> let's be honest Gar- Andrew had some really cool movies before Spider-Man and he did the two and I think they were amazing yeah. I don't care what anybody says he killed it maybe not the best script but he acted the hell he gave it the the Dark Knight feel you know the the tortured soul you know I'm, I'm burdened with these powers he gave it a, a bit of a Batman feel I liked that you know one of my favorite things about uh, Spider-Man 2 was you saw him work on his web shooter the Amazing Spider-Man 2 The Amazing Spider-Man 2 okay. sorry yes correction The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was you saw him work on his web shooters to work with the electricity and uh, and that's something that obviously Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man can't do because it's biological webbing that comes out of him and they kind of played with that a little bit in uh, in Far From Home. Uh, they changed up the webbing a little bit. I will admit I watched Far From Home once because sometimes the Disney Plus doesn't like to load. <laughs> you ever have that? You go to load the Disney yeah. Plus and it just gives you the circle of death. When it comes to the Spider-Man movies, I was uh, obviously a huge fan of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Mm. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a, I'm a Spider-Man diehard. And then when The Amazing Spider-Man came out, I loved what Mark Webb did with Spider-Man simply for the, the imagery. The uh, Spider-Man up in the night sky shooting in slow motion. That was perfect cinematography just set up and it, uh, it made for some amazing shots. And then when Tom Holland came along, I was like, this guy fully embodies Spider-Man for me. He was actually uh, a high Young, school student. <laughs> which is what the comics had him when he got his powers. He was in high school, I believe, in the comics, yeah. right? But not in any of the movies before Tom. Uh, he started out in high school in the f- in the first one in Sam Raimi, where uh, that Joe Manganiello guy played Flash Thompson. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then and then he ended up going to college, which was leading on through the story. Right. As uh, the story progressed. So, um, fan favorite option would be uh, Doctor Otto Octavius was their favorite Spider-Man story for Spider-Man Two. Uh, that's one of the most well-received comic book movies, and Alfred Molina already kind of spoiled the fact that he is confirmed for the return in the next Spider-Man movie coming out in December. Kevin Feige wasn't so happy with that because it's like, hey, he kind of ruined the surprise. Everybody yeah. knows those Marvel snipers are out there, but Alfred Molina. You hear the stories about how they used to break, put them in a, when they were doing Infinity War Endgame. They they'd roll a van up and they would get in the van and read the script for the day, and then they kick them out of the van and they do their parts, and that's all they were allowed to know about yeah. it. They're like. And they weren't allowed to talk to any of the other actors. Like, they were like, delete Mark Ruffalo out of your phone. <laughs> <laughs> delete him. <laughs> you know what I mean? They all, they like, said, so they're not a scar. No one's allowed to talk to that guy, right? Yeah. They're crazy. You're right. They'll snipe you. 
Yeah. <laughs> if you're not a if you're not an important character and you leak something, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna have a asthma attack next week. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so like everybody knows with Tom Holland and his spoilers that he couldn't be trusted in Endgame when it came to. Uh, Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Endgame, which by now you should have. 2017. Come on, guys. Get up. Wake up. <laughs> um, the At the funeral scene, Tom Holland was actually smiling because they told him that it was a wedding, not a funeral. So, <laughs> so there is a scene out there where he's actually smiling while everybody else is, is wow, looking really? downtrodden. I just watched Endgame. <laughs> like, that's what started mm. me on this let's go back to the beginning thing. <laughs> that's what started me on that was actually, uh, was I don't know, I came up. And I was watching it and recommended stuff because I was bored one night. And I was like, God, this movie's good. Where did all these stones come from again? And, you know, and so it was fun to go back and see, like, the first time Black Widow showed up and the first time this and that happened. But, yeah, Spider-Man was just different. It was something way cooler about the first time he showed up. I don't know. He is a, he's a, I'm with you on the fact that I'm a, I'm a huge Batman guy, so I think that that's DC's crown jewel. And I don't know. As much as everybody loves Iron Man and everybody, I think Spider-Man's the coolest Marvel character. Like, even, no matter which, even if you're talking about Tobey Maguire. Like, his, I mean, outside of Batman, that he Batman was the pinnacle superhero movie. That Spider-Man won the first ones that you were talking about. What was the director again? Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Yeah, that one with Tobey, I don't know, it changed. It, it was a game changer. Like, the way when he was doing the scene where he lands on the building and it was from Spider-Man's perspective, the way he was swinging through the city. And then when he lands on the building, he sees his reflection and the camera pans out. I remember that shot and being like, they've done it. They've hit pinnacle for what they can make any scene that's in a comic book and bring it to life. Yeah. That was the first time I was, because, you know, with Tim Burton's Batman and even with some of the X-Men, they were good, but they, their limitations were obvious. It was like, okay, Wolverine should be shredding these guys, but that's going to cost $10,000 in CGI or probably you know, a yeah. million dollars. You could tell where they were saving money. Yeah. That Spider-Man wasn't saving money. So Sam Raimi, he uh, did this incredibly groundbreaking uh, wire work when it came to the camera for the original Spider-Man was they had wire rigs set up through the skyscrapers to have a camera swing down so and cool. come up, swing down. So and it was come real. Up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Spider-Man might have been CG, but the camera was actually web swinging through Amazing. the city. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. I mean, I think him. I think I would say only John Favreau could give him a run for his money for innovation on the set or Lucas. That's it. Maybe Spielberg. I don't know. Spielberg. Spielberg, Spielberg paid the right people. He wasn't too smart himself sometimes. <laughs> he just knew who to pay to get shit done. But yeah, those yeah. other guys. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, Favreau definitely. He's uh, he's an innovator. Having, a, having I'd, number one for me. Having launched the MCU. And then even uh, even with all the turmoil going on with uh, the continuing uh, Star Wars sagas, he's the only reason Star Wars is still relevant. Yes, he's exactly. Kenneth, like he I feel like uh, Kathleen makes messes and he just cleans them up. Like his job is to clean up Kathleen's messes. I, I love oh, that about him. Oh, for sure. So one thing that I loved about uh, about the Mandalorian uh, compared to every other movie that was out there was the actual universe around the characters uh is it, it was its own character yeah Genius. the the actual universe was its own character compared to the movies where they were so busy focusing on everything granted you have so long to tell a story but lucas was able to do it in the originals where uh, where he still showed very much of the universe around where everybody could be like oh okay well this is what's going on in that, that I think lucas that. was the king of that that's what made him lucas lucas you know what i mean there was you really felt like you were part of that world as well as, like, immersed in all these characters. He, he, he did that really good. I'll give you that for sure. Yeah. And they lost that. Yeah. 
They lost but, but until Fa- Favreau came but to Favreau bring it back. But Favreau brought it back, and from what I've read recently, Kathleen's out and Favreau's in. That Fav- Favreau's taking Money over. talks, though, and I think it's pretty obvious. So Kathleen put her dominoes in on the sequels, and great actors with no story to carry them, and uh, then Filoni and Favreau... You know, we're, we're the we're the backup plan when that didn't go well. So that she presented her sequels and how she wanted it. You know, oh, we don't want to let Finn be too important, so let that go. Oh, we're gonna, well, you know, the, all the it was a lot of it was her decisions. There was a lot, and then the big focus on that that trans girl. Sorry, <laughs> the big focus on the trans girl, and there was all this talk about her getting all these scenes, and then they gave her literally eight seconds in the third movie. It's like why build her up like that, and then just kill the character completely off. And like there was so much bad, and then. They're like, God, save us, save us, guys. And then John and Dave were like, all right, we're going to write amazing stories. We're going to hire the best actors from the prequels, the originals, every, anything we can get that's already here. Plus, we're going to bring in Bill Burr. Plus, we're going to bring in, you know, uh, Gina Carano. We're going to bring in all these amazing actors that are, have nothing to do with Star Wars. And we're going we're gonna to fix everything you screwed up. So, yeah, good. they've cleaned up all the messes. I worry that they're going to – he's cleaned up all the messes he needs to now. So he'll, they'll give him Boba Fett's book. They'll give him season three of The Mandalorian, and then they'll probably send him back to MCU. Have you seen the... I, it's not a meme. It's just a picture that compares Sebastian Stan and Mark Hamill side by side, and it shows how much they look alike. I would, that'd be a cool thing to see. I mean, they're the same company owns the owns him. So Sebastian Stan said... He's he a would, good-looking guy, too. He, <laughs> he, yeah, he does. He looks like a really good-looking Luke Skywalker. He 100% said he would be down to play Luke Skywalker, but he would need Mark Hamill's blessing. And Mark Hamill 100% has said, I support this. So I just think there needs to be a conversation between some executives... To make it happen. Well, I gotta, I'll gotta. i give Star Wars and Disney some credit. Um, I'm a massive fan of the Clone Wars and all the kid stuff. That, they say it's kid stuff, Rebels and Clone Wars, but it's not. It's, it's, it's There's more killing and the, the stories are crazier than they are in the movies and those cartoons. Like they, there's, It gets pretty dark. Slavery and all kinds of cool topics come up and a lot of politics. And um, so they brought Ahsoka in, Rosario Dawson, and that was a fan-picked... Um, you know, Brazil, yeah, yeah, casting where there was like she got like memed to death, her face photoshopped into Ahsoka, and then it, it happened. And George was on set holding little baby Grogu. You know, and there was pictures <laughs> of George with John Favreau on set, and then her in the trailer on her phone, <laughs> dressed up like Ahsoka. There's so many great. They did a little behind the scenes thing, so I gotta give them. They, yeah, that that's cool that they do so that. So from what I've read, she's supposed to be getting her own spinoff as well. Done deal. No, that's gonna be cool because that's gonna take. Uh, they're, they're, they wanted Benedict Cumberbatch to play Thrawn. I, but he said no. Yeah, He's, yeah. He was like, he, he hates being, he, he didn't know what he was getting into with the Doctor Strange. He was like, yeah, a lot of that money, money, money. Wait a minute, I have to, I'm not allowed to know the script until the day of. Like, I don't think, and he's a pretty <laughs> method actor kind of guy. He wants yeah. to know what's up. And yeah, he didn't know what he was getting into, but he likes that money. So um, uh, I'm surprised he said no. I, I'm disappointed. It would have been really good. He, because he's a great actor. I think Benedict Cumberbatch is one of my favorite actors and he would have killed it. A bad guy role. Yeah, yeah, he 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 definitely would have killed it. But he he has his own his own likes and his own dislikes, his own uh, his own choices, and that's definitely what makes him Benedict. You're like, right. Like I'll give you that. So so if somebody if he actually agreed to it, I would be more shocked that he agreed to it saying, "Okay, he's opening himself up to to so many mainstream roles." Yeah. That uh So who's going to play him then? 
I don't know. They don't have anybody cast yet, am I correct? At least I haven't heard anything. Correct, I haven't heard anything. Right now, all the talk, and I think the reason they're talking about this is because they're, they want to keep the Ahsoka show in the back while they cast and while they do it is that is um, Obi-Wan Kenobi getting his own show. Yeah, and that's, that's Ewan's being filming currently. right now. Yes. Hayden Christensen bought and sold, ready to go. <laughs> I've also heard, now this is a rumor, I don't know if it's true, the guy who did Maul's voice, who played Maul in Solo, and who played, did his voice in all the cartoons, yeah. not the guy from Phantom Menace, uh, signed on for a desert fight scene. Similar to what happens in Rebels, but like kind of like the first one. That's why that's the reason the one in Rebels is so short is going to be because they had a pretty crazy epic one in this show. And I don't know. I just you got Hayden Christensen, Darth Maul, and him. Like, ugh, I can't. Like, <laughs> that's distracting. I'm a pretty big fan of that. So I want to ask you personally, what did you not like about the newer trilogy? Oh man. Unoriginality. That was my biggest issue with it. Really, I, and it's 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 kind of uh, it's a, it's a pansy thing to say, but like I saw the. I remember sitting in the theater with the first one and going, "So this is a new hope with better CGI." So I was actually hoping that you would say that because I wanted to have a discussion about this. So yes, it was essentially just another new hope. Death scene for scene, man. Death Star you kn- blowing up a if planet. If you know that movie as well as I do, it was like sad how many, you're like, oh, okay. So I was predicting it. I was like, watch, you know, uh, I, I was predicting what was going to happen. I was like, this is the point where they're going to. And people were looking at me like, have you seen this yet? I was like, it's opening night. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes down to uh, this, this movie itself, the reason why I was wondering why uh, you didn't like it, and I was... I did figured, like it. I liked well, it. Okay. I just, it just was unoriginal. <laughs> the, the, okay, so when it comes to the unoriginality. So I get what you're saying with the unoriginality, but this brings us on to remakes. And, and that was why I asked the question. is What do you think of a lot of remakes? Hit or miss. Some of them are amazing, and some of them are absolutely god-awful terrible. Um, Westworld is a show that remakes the movie, and they take a pretty crappy movie based on an amazing book, and they make it one of the best TV shows I've ever seen in my life. So yeah. it can be done. Um, help me out. What else has been remade? Big Hollywood blockbusters. Uh, so even when you continue on, uh, say, Terminator, the the newer Terminator. Uh, have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen them all. Uh, I'm a big th- Terminator fan. I've seen them all. So uh, what was it, Genesis? Genesis. They got pretty weird. They got... Pretty so, confusing to follow by the end. You're like, which timeline is this? <laughs> is Arnold in this one? <laughs> that was pretty. So, so the newer Terminator is very much like a like a Terminator Two storyline. It's it's instead of going after John Connor, went back in time for somebody else, and so it was again the same kind of thing that Star Wars did, where it was safe. The, the same storyline. They just went back and they they introduced some new characters. A lot of people uh, thought it was uh, woke. In regards to uh, the the female protagonist that was half human. Now that's one boat I'll get on. That's why I'm a big I fan of the Black Widow movie character. because I, yeah, and even in in Endgame when they gave the girls their own part of the movie to team up and f everybody up there. They had that scene where it was just the girls yeah. all together. Like I'm a huge fan of that. I think it's a cool part of movies that wasn't there. Uh, there's certain actresses, Jessica Chastain's one of them, and a few others. They won't take a script if there's not a scene with two girls talking about something other than a male character. And if you apply that, you pretty much deny, you pretty much draw, don't take half the movies you're offered. 
So it's yeah. it's kind of a cool movement. The girls are like, if if all I am is eye candy or arm candy, fuck it, I'm not doing it. I think that's cool. I'm definitely yeah. behind that. I think it's a neat idea. But let's not get it out of hand. That doesn't mean every movie needs to be a whole bunch of girls. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, don't let it get out of hand. Everything in moderation, right? Yeah. So when it comes to uh, rebooting all these these characters, what a lot of people don't want to see is sex change copycats, sex change reboots. It's it's more or less. I'm hearing saying, about Black Superman. Yeah, I've heard a lot about they, that. He does kind of cool the, though. He does uh, Valzad. He does have his own uh, his own arc, okay. his own story, which is fine. It's fine. Just don't give him Clark Kent's story. Yes, I feel that it's and, almost worse to do that. Yeah, and that that's one of the bigger things that people have an issue with. They're they're not so concerned with the fact that you know you can have all these uh, different cultured people playing modern roles, or even having a, a female star or or male star or trans star or whatever it, it doesn't matter what it is it's just when you're taking characters that were already made as opposed to just creating new characters and bringing them into the universe exactly there's a way to do it in a classy way you know what i mean there's a, there's a way to do these things and some i don't know some people lead by example like i say I, I think um black widow was one of those ones that was kind of a cool they're, they're leading by example and i'll give mcu that credit we can talk some smack about some of the crazy disney stuff and that but they are kind of leading the way with that and like i say um, change is a good thing. Like, I mean, that's why movies get better the longer we sit around and watch them and the more we pay attention to them and the more the, the CGI and the money and it gets easier to do complicated things. Yeah. Things evolve for a reason. And I think it'll be cool to see that. But yeah, I, I do. Don't take someone's backs. You know, like you said, don't make him Clark Kent. Make him his own thing. It's okay. People are still going to love it. Did People, you watch Falcon the oh, Winter Soldier? Like, you, uh, dude, I, I think that was better than Loki. Different. Not better. Different. <laughs> different. I'd say more action packed. It's like its, its own movie. I would say that it's up there with Loki, but just in a different category. Loki was more funny and more thought provoking and quantum physics and it fun was, shit like that. It was Falcon less, Winter Soldier was these boys got to get it done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so Loki was less action and more story, whereas but I teared up a couple times in Loki. Man, I never <laughs> teared up in Falcon and Winter Soldier. But yeah, yeah Loki pulled out. Yeah, so uh, so the Falcon and Winter Soldier. What I loved, what they did with the new Captain America. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> sorry, Anthony Mackie. Right? A little late on it. Yeah, Anthony Mackie. The, the I love that. The way they they built up the character. And like he didn't, he didn't even want it at first. He gave away that shield, and then eventually he he accepted it and said, "Okay, I will be, but change has to happen. This is what's gonna happen, and and we'll get it done." And so that right there was tastefully how you bring into a modern story. Oh, I see where you're going with this now. Yeah, change, you're right. A change in the character Classic. without just like instantly changing him. Oh no! All of a sudden, it's this person playing this, and you're like, "Wait, what?" But this he wasn't written like that. And everybody getting so butthurt over it. Whereas if you just do it tastefully and have it story driven, and this is the reason why. I agree. There is a way to do it. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is a perfect example. I'm super looking forward to what will end up being Captain America 4, yeah. which will hopefully star Sebastian which, Stan and Anthony Mackie. I hope they team up in it and just kick ass. It, uh, it was announced and Sebastian Stan will be returning. So. Awesome. So they'll be, they'll be homies. Yeah. Just For like sure. uh, Mackie and uh, what's that white guy's name again? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sebastian is, no, Stan? not Sebastian Stan. The uh, actual Captain America, um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah, <laughs> when they like they were when they were as tight as they were in number two and three. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be really. I'm, oh man, as I thought the MCU kind of lost it. Like you know they, when they spoiler alert. 
What's he say? <laughs> when Iron Man died <laughs> and when Captain America went back in time and got old and got laid. Man, the things men will do for a, a good-looking piece of ass. Hey, go back. <laughs> save the world and go back 60 years in time and go, yeah, I'm not going back. Okay, let's just change it up so he went back in time for that dance that he promised, it, it's all right? A, it's a bit more than a dance, guys. <laughs> you know, was it Haley Atwell that played her? Yeah. Yeah, I, I go back seven years for Haley Atwell too, man. Send me back. Send me back. But uh, I love, I was like, okay, you know, good for you. You're really good at completing your stories. Things have come full circle. You know, you had 10 years with these characters. That is a good run. You know, it seemed early to me, but 10 years went by quick. And I was like, what do you do now? Like, who do you have left, really? Like, it was it was kind of, you know, I was there for, on opening night for Civil War. I was there opening night for Avengers. I remember seeing Avengers, Ultron, and it was the coolest moment. There were these two kids in the aisle that you, the crippled people are supposed to wheel through there in the theater. And these, one of them was dressed up fully as Thor. One of them was Captain America. And it was this, this scene where they were in Sokovia giving it. And the two kids were fighting. And it's happening on the screen. And the, and the, the ushers were like, and the pair, everyone was like, no, no, let the kids go. Like, leave <laughs> them alone. And the ushers effed off and let the kids have their little squabble. Like, it was, they, were, they were joking. They were playing. Yeah. But it was just a cool moment. And I thought, wow, this is what it's all about. You know what I mean? This is what, this is what they want. Did you, you ever know? hear about, uh, in the movie The Exorcist, uh, back in the 70s, People ran out of theater. Puking, puking. crying, yeah. yeah. So, for the longest time... I heard about that with uh, uh, Hostel as well. A lot of oh, people leaving maybe. and losing their minds. I never, I never, I actually never heard that about Hostel, yeah. but if that happened with Hostel, I wish I'd First seen First time since The Exorcist that, that people were like, le- like dozens were throwing up and leaving because <laughs> they couldn't watch it. Then I wish I actually saw that in the theater. So, my entire life, I was, after reading about that experience that everybody had with the Exorcist, I was hoping I could experience something in the theater that was monumental that everybody would remember. And sure enough, spoiler alert, in Endgame, when Cap picked up that hammer in theater, in theater, everybody, including myself, stood up clapping, screaming, and there are videos online of just watching that over. It's like, yeah, I was doing the same thing. I was in the theater. I was witnessing all this. And you, like... Growing up, you hear about monumental moments in theaters, and then you go to a theater. You watch, yeah, like seeing seeing uh, Empire. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people that got to see it in 1980. God, that would be cool. Yeah, and we'll never just, get that. And we, just we got our own. Exactly. So just sitting in the theaters watching most movies nowadays, you're just like, okay, it's a movie. It's cool. It's, it was a good movie. And then once in a while, once something in a blue moon, you. something happens where it gets that reaction. You're like, I was part of it. I, oh, man, I was there. I was at the theater. Everybody cheering, standing up. Oh, man, that was great. I've had two other ones. I'll try and get, I'll run them through quick, okay? Um, I grew up in a, in a very black area of town. I hung out with, I'm a big hip-hop fan. So uh, um, Straight Outta Compton came out, and me and a bunch of my buddies went to Scarborough Town Center because they're like, yeah, you have to, you have to go to the... the you gotta you gotta go to the nasty part of town and watch this shit. So I went and sat in a theater, probably one of two white guys. Oh, <laughs> one of two white guys in the theater and watched Straight Outta Compton every time a song came on. Every time you know everyone's screaming the lyrics. You know it was it was crazy. The, every moment of the movie that something happened, there was a reaction. The energy in that theater was insane. That was a big one for me. Yeah, I was like 
the most fun I've ever had. And the other one, surprisingly, I don't know, this is a whole different topic for another day, was Interstellar. Uh, I'm a big Chris Nolan fan. Yeah. And that movie talks about quantum physics and black holes and where we are in the universe and meaning of life. It's a, it's a very philosophical movie. It's got a lot of big meanings. Fourth dimension. Yeah. Um, other life. You know, all that shit. And it and uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey, who I'm not a big fan of because of his gay Lincoln commercials and his, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right <laughs> kills it in that. As much as I don't like him, he's an amazing actor. And he kills it in that movie. And, of course, Jessica Chastain, I think. Yeah, plays his daughter. Or is it Bryce Dallas Howard? I can never tell them apart. Anyways, one of the other <laughs> plays the daughter and kills it. Yeah, who else? Michael Caine. Yeah. Um, oh, the list goes on of amazing actors in that. Matt Damon. The li- anyways, so yeah. That was one that I walked out of the theater like, I've never thought about things the way I... Th- I changed the way I thought about stuff. So that and then Ultron. It was pretty <laughs> cool to watch those kids beat each other up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, when it comes down to directors, sometimes directors uh, fall in love with certain actors, and they'll recast those. Nolan's the worst for that. <laughs> Honestly, like I lo- as much as I love Nolan, I'm getting really fucking tired of seeing um, Joseph, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Michael Caine in his movies. Like, pick someone else, bro. Pick another old guy. <laughs> but but they they make the role work well. They're always amazing. He was yeah. in Tenet, too. They even put him in Tenet for like 10 seconds. I was like, come on. I actually haven't watched it yet. I need to watch it, so. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna, excited for it. I'm gonna tell you right now. I've watched it five times total, yeah. and I'm still catching. He, you know, it took him six years to write the script. Six yeah. six years. To, he started writing it in like 14, and by 2019 or something, he he had. Yeah, it's a very well written. You're gonna. I don't. I don't even know how to. I'm jealous of you because <laughs> you haven't experienced it yet. You know. Did yeah. you? You remember Memento? Yeah. I would put it on that level for uh, making you think and going. What a creative way to write a story. Because yeah. it's a it's all about time, inverting time, and it's a not, but not in a stupid like, "Ooh, look at us! We built a time machine!" In a very <laughs> clever way, in a, in a clever way, you know, yeah. he kind of tries to take the space and the alien part out of, t- out of time travel and make it human. Hey, we 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 figured it out by accident, and now everything's not going well, and it's a really cool idea. Wow, that's uh... you're in for a treat. <laughs> Rewind the first scene is the opera house scene. As soon as the scene's finished, go back and watch it again because you definitely didn't follow a single thing that happened. I, w- I did. The first time I watched it, the scene cut, and I went, nah, and I started the movie again just to rewatch it. And I was like, okay, I think I know what's going on. It's really, really, really complicated. Yeah. You're going to love it, though. When you're done, call me and we'll talk about it for two hours. And then I'll come over and watch it with you and we'll yeah. argue, argue about things. Yeah. <laughs> Another movie like that but, uh, was Fight Club. Oof. Every time I watch that, I pick up something that I missed. I love... Don't I, beat me up for talking about it, though. No, no, no. <laughs> Mus- music? <laughs> Why are you talking about that on a podcast? Edward, Edward Norton's going to fuck us up. <laughs> um, no, movie... Yeah, I, I think that... Uh, re-watch, movies and music that you can listen to and, and like, I mean, I think that's why, you know, Zeppelin and Sabbath, the certain bands are timeless and, you know, cause you can just hear shit that you're like, Oh, I never noticed that little hi hat thing he did. Yeah. Or I never noticed that effect or whatever, that delay or whatever it is, or that vocal line and a good movie. You'll be like, Oh, I never caught that foreshadowing. I never caught that pathetic fallacy. I never caught that. Oh, look at the color when they're in that place. The, the there's always a hue on the lens or what, you know, they do that. Like matrix was always green yeah. when they're in the matrix, but then when they're out, it looked different. It looked grungier and less colorful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was the, if you watch the behind the scenes on some of the great act or great directors, they're, they're doing subtle shit that you don't even notice because they're that good. And I, I love that. Nolan's one of them. Lucas you, is one of them. Have you ever heard of a show called Kevin Can Fuck Himself? Ooh, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. So it's on AMC 
which means commercials galore. So uh, Kevin can fuck himself. It's a, uh, it's a sitcom yet not a sitcom. Okay. So, so every time um, Annie Murphy, who was in Schitt's Creek, I don't know if you ever watched that. I've seen a few episodes. Uh, also uh, an, an amazing show. Annie Murphy, while in the scenes with her husband, things become a sitcom. And when she's in this sitcom world with, with her husband, her husband shits on her. Well, not literally shits on her. But I was going to say, <laughs> what kind of shit are you into? <laughs> no, but He's like, mean to her. Yeah, just treats her horribly the way you don't want to treat your wife. And then, <laughs> not if you, if you want to get divorced, you treat her like that. <laughs> yeah. And then when he's out of the picture, everything changes. The bright lights are gone. The sets are dimmer, but it's the same setting. So I don't know how they, if they made two sets and one's brighter, one's dimmer, and they just film it. But it is one of the most unique experiences in the sense that okay, it's it's uh, it's comedy here but yet when watching it it's like cringe comedy and then you get to the series scenes with her reactions and how she's actually feeling uh, what show is this called kevin, kevin can, can fuck himself i need yes. to check this out i've heard of it but that sounds really i love unique any unique filmmaking anything that you're like i've not seen this like remember when the office was new no one had seen that mockumentary style of looking at the camera like that was a new thing i remember that like i loved that you know yeah. and, I, and then we're missing that now you don't get a lot of ingenuity i think so that's cool an idea i want to check this out i am totally a bandwagon jumper and <laughs> <laughs> so you're and a I, patriots fan <laughs> no 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 no, no. <laughs> sorry i had to <laughs> <laughs> so i can't i i missed the hype for everything when it's around at first and then i catch it later oh my mark we have this in common <laughs> we really do i hated star wars for so long and then I, when it was not cool in like 2006 after yeah. everybody hated the prequels i went back and watched this this is a great movie these are all <laughs> these are all amazing yeah but up until then yeah yeah and and so like even when it, so so pantera is a prime example <gasps> for me i mi- i didn't Late listen bloomer to, on the pantera didn't listen to pantera at first and now i love every Every kid's got a shirt on with Pantera. He's like, God, I'm sick of that shirt. Every kid's wearing that shirt. They must suck. Yeah, and now and now I, I love Pantera. Same thing, even even when it came to Blink-182, uh, when they first came out, I, I was listening to their, their more skate stuff with uh, the other drummer. And Ska? Scott. I don't remember his last name. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah. you talk about Dude Ranch? Dude Ranch. Damn it. Sh- Cheshire Cat. Not a lot of people know Cheshire Cat, though, but Dude Ranch had Josie and Damn It and all that. I yeah. was a huge Carousel fan. was my favorite song. Oh. Uh, M&M's for me. M&M's. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so many ways I can make love with my hand. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Mark, for giving us that, that yeah. Mark Hoppus. Anyway. Yeah. So, I, like, I'm Late hopping, bloomer, on, yeah, hopping on all these bandwagons a lot later. And uh, when people are, are dead and I'm missing it or... Uh, or well, tell me you listened to Linkin Park before Chester died. Oh, of course. <laughs> yes. 100%. <laughs> Bullet dodged. I'm good there. <laughs> oh, me too. Thank God. I think that's a, the only celebrity death I actually cried over. I sat down and I got like wet eyes when I read that on Facebook. I was like, what? Me too. And did didn't you, care about nobody else. Did you watch that long? I think it was like a four hour concert. Three and a half hours. Three and a half hour. Yeah. And it had everyone from MGK to Blink to Alanis Morissette to people I've never heard of. Every hip hop guy. I couldn't believe the people that showed up to pay tribute to that boy. There's a reason. Crazy. There's a reason Chester's death hit me really, really hard. That made me cry. That's when I get into conspiracy theories. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not talking about conspiracy theory though. The re- the reason it hit me was because the headspace that he talked about that he was in mm. all the time, and he would write positive music about how to get out of that headspace and and just something more positive. 
and my, a lot of my songs too uh, were written. Uh, actually, if you were to hear the roster of my songs, a lot of my songs people would say, "Oh wow, it's very, very depressing, very sad." And it's all stemmed from uh, places that I was in and trying to get out. And then I started writing about more positive stuff on how to get. So out. you would write about bad. Uh, you would write sad heart-wrenching style lyrics but while you were in that state yes that's an uncommon that's uncommon i'll be honest with you a lot of musicians are happy and life is good and they sit down and go okay i'm gonna write the song about this girl that broke up with me it's uncommon for musicians to really she just left and took her shit i'm gonna write a song about that girl that doesn't happen all the time so props to you so man. that's it, real shit bro it was it was it was my source to vent so i would use that as my source to vent and then when i eventually started writing the more positive songs on how to get out of this headspace and uh, I'm worth it and, and like rebirth scenarios. I'm reborn. I'm a better person because of this and having gone through it and survived the struggle. And and then same thing with uh, even uh, Chester, having him kind of write about some more positive, trying to get out of a bad headspace By thing. the third record, it got a little more positive there. There was a lot more upbeat stuff with yeah. him by Minutes and to then, Midnight. And then he was gone and I was like, wait a second, but... I definitely thought he was a better musician than I, and <laughs> and even he's not making it out exactly. It that was yeah, it, it was, uh, and especially the uh, the fact that it was suicide. Like if it was an accident or something, it would have been a little different. Um, and I, I I've I've actually struggled with this in my head quite a bit. Is uh, half of me believes he did it, and it makes me so sad that the other half of me believes that he didn't because um, him and Chris Cornell who's also dead and died, actually. He killed himself, apparently, on Chris's birthday. If you do the math on that, I think. I don't know. I have to double-check on that. But either way, I think that was what the case was. Um, they did a lot of anti-sexual um, assault concerts, and there was a lot of rumors. They had a big foundation with millions of dollars these guys put you, and they didn't talk about it because they didn't need to, right? They weren't the type of celebrities to throw it in people's faces. But these guys sunk huge chunks of their lives and a lot of money into anti-sex on kids and pedophilia and stuff because they were both assaulted when they were kids. Uh, it's part of why they write. There's songs about that shit on John Davis from Corn's another one. Um, and so they were part of a lot of foundations for that. And there were rumors that these guys had a list of celebrity names and people that were like buying and selling, uh, you know, you know, were involved in like, Hey, you know, doing, doing shady shit like that. And they were like out to expose it. Uh, Tom DeLonge was apparently in on that too. And, and, uh, and then all of a sudden they just both killed themselves within a year or two of each other. So half of me is, is sad and thinks about it. The other half of me, man, I don't know when you've got that much money and you're throwing your name around like that in those types of areas and the wrong powerful people don't like you, you can disappear. That's a real thing. And it happens. And just cause you're in a famous band doesn't make you, you untouchable. So I don't know. Half of me believes that, you know, maybe he was just a sad guy and he killed himself like Kurt did because I think Kurt did. But the other half of me thinks that the world is crazy and that everyone's out <laughs> to get me. So on, I'm done the, my rant. on the the world is uh, crazy and out to get you aspect, when, for you to say that you think Kurt did, did you see the documentary Soaked and Bleached? I've seen all the documentaries. I've seen. I'm a. I was obsessed with Kurt as a high school kid, like a lot of kids. My. I look. I did. Ha I did Kurt for Halloween for like six years in a row. I just put a bullet hole right here. I get a bunch. <laughs> Dude, of, for me, it's too soon. I get a bunch of makeup, <laughs> and then I'd wear the plaid and have a guitar. But um. But that was a shotgun as well. It wouldn't be a single bullet hole. They say there was too much in his bloodstream to pull the trigger. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, there, he'd also, but my selling point on it is that he definitely tried in Rome. 
when they caught it, he had the note and everything in Rome, and he unsuccessfully did, and that's the first time he got checked into the, 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 the like the watch hospital. And if you read any of his biographies, every one of them, even the conspiracy theory ones that think that she killed him, had him killed, he definitely tried it in Rome. So whether or not he actually succeeded in April, he was probably going to do it at some point because he did try. I think I believe he tried in Rome. I think she had him off in April, but then I, I don't think he would have seen May or June. I, I swear to God, in that documentary, there was somebody that more or less confessed to it, saying that... Paid to kill him. Paid to do it. Paid to kill him, was there, was high enough to do it. Mm. <laughs> just, but, and, but so then blacked money. out. So <laughs> what happened? I don't know. And I mean, we're talking about one of the most famous, richest, influential people in the world in that moment. Like you, I mean, we were young. I don't know about your age-wise, I was seven or eight when this was going down with Kurt. So, you know, I knew about it. I was aware of it. But, like, I was too busy watching Barney and Power Rangers, you know. So I wasn't really too aware but it, you know what? Like in in that when I talk to my parents, they're like, "Yeah, Kurt. Like I didn't even like Nirvana, but it, it all the '80s music I grew up with became irrelevant the minute he showed up. He was a very powerful man, and he was talking about quitting music and his label. He had label hated him. His wife hated him. Who was connected to bikers and drug dealers and all kinds of thugs. Like he, he had so many people that had it out for him. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. He also had a lot of inner pain. He had uh, not only. Mental pain, but the he also had pain. physical pain. The, the stomach, stomach pain, pain, he couldn't get over that, and he talked about it all the time, always being in pain and wanting it to stop. He, oh, you got to picture this. I mean, what do we do as human beings? We sleep, we eat, and we shit. If you can't do one of those three things, if you have mad insomnia, if you have no stomach or huge stomach issues, or you have a, some something where you can't, you know, um, you know, go to the bathroom where you have to do it some weird, some way where you have, you know what I mean? Your life is, is horrible and painful and it sucks to be you. There's no way around that, right? Anybody else that gets to do those things easily is never going to get where you're coming from. And he couldn't eat. He never could from like 18 forward. He was, that's why he got into heroin. He didn't get into heroin because it was fun. He got into heroin because he was trying to relieve himself of this crazy stomach pain that the best doctors in the world, I mean, the guy was a millionaire, couldn't diagnose. Couldn't diagnose right up till 93. He just got tired of giving a shit and said, no, nah, I'm just going to do heroin. <laughs> I'm done with you guys trying to t- help. We definitely veered in one crazy Started with direction. Star Wars and now we're, <laughs> we've gotten to this. I love it. <laughs> we're definitely, we're definitely going to go, we're, we're going to go back in that direction. To Digress. Take, <laughs> to take, so anyways, remakes. <laughs> <laughs> remakes. Yeah, I think that's how we got here. So, so remakes. Oh my God. Uh, so in regards to, uh, I told you I'd get off topic. I told you I'm, I'm really it's bad all good. at that. It's all good. So in regards to remakes, uh, yes, I, I went right back. I just did a 180, head back the other direction. Is the Suicide Squad a remake? I know we're jumping to DC. I don't know if you care about DC, but there's a new Suicide Squad called The Suicide Squad, not the one that came out in 2016. It's... Uh, it's not a remake, is it? Is it not like just a continuation of the story? Maybe I it's, think I think we'll need to to see because I haven't actually I don't heard. Th- it's not Snyderverse, I don't think. No, it's it's James Gunn, and James Gunn was literally he's the Galaxy guy, right? Yep, he was given the freedom to do whatever he wanted to do because Marvel fired him, and then he didn't do three. He didn't do Guardians three. That's he, coming soon. That's what he's starting on now. Oh, because he was gone from that, and then they made a big fuss. All the all the the main Marvel. People were like, fuck yeah. you, Disney. Come well, on. Well, when you bring up tweets that were 10 years old. Yeah, that's why they. And you can't accept that a person has changed. 
What was the, was it a bad tweet? What was it? What did he say? I, I don't remember. I'll, I remember. I think I re- I don't I don't remember what it was, but I remember reading it and going, "That's a stupid reason to get rid of the guy." It's yeah. not that fucking bad. It's kind of yeah. like oh, we had this conversation earlier. The whole Trumps grab him by the pussy comment. It's like every man on the planet, if you carried a tape recorder around behind them, is gonna have a few drinks in them and say some mean shit like that behind closed doors. Probably. Yeah. Like even if even if it's not that crass, we all say dumb shit, right? Come on. But it doesn't necessarily mean you feel that way. It's not like. Like you want to see somebody get treated like shit. And it's hard to accept that, though, that not everything we say we mean. I mean, you know what I mean? People think that everything you say you mean, but I mean. Yeah. That's that's bullshit. And then people that think that need to like, yeah. You can be sorry about shit. <laughs> You're allowed yeah. to. We are human. Yeah. We're it, losing it used, that. It used to be uh, actions speak louder than words, but now it's talk speaks louder than everything. And uh, and I think it's also mob rules. I think it's a part of it too. Is like we were talking about Gina Carano there. Like yeah. that was a hanging, being hung out to dry situation for sure. So uh, in the wake of movie remakes, what I was saying earlier in regards to talking about uh, Star Wars, even the other Terminator. Yes, they're repeating the same story. But what I do enjoy about that is. It's a newer movie with modern technology, modern cinematography for a newer generation so they can keep franchises alive. That's what I like about it. Because, I mean, even if you were to look at Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead, Sam Raimi intended to be the, the scariest movie that he could make with a very low budget. So it was almost laughable for, for the effects, but the story was there, the idea was there. Was cinematography just, was there. Yeah. The shots, the style. Yeah. That shit was ahead of its time, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Even my oldest son, if he were to watch that, he might think it's incredibly bad, hokey. I thought that about Alien with my sister. I remember thinking, yeah, it kind of looks like shit. But then I remember making my sister watch it. She's like 15 years younger than me or 10 years younger than me or something like that. (laughs) She's like, you know, she's like 13 probably when I got her to watch. And it scared the shit out of her. Yeah. Even though it looks pretty bad. You know what I mean? When you watch it now with the chess scene, it looks, eh, it's not the greatest. I just watched that movie recently. And Me too. I watch that movie so, at least once a year. Yeah. So watching Ridley it when Scott, I was younger. Bro. Ridley Scott. Watching it when I was younger, everything looked, uh, everything looked on par, looked realistic. The alien was horribly terrifying. Didn't know how they did it. And then as I grew up, it's like, oh, it's a guy in a costume. And then when you watch it now, it's like, okay, that tail is, is on a string. It's <laughs> pretty, uh, there's a couple <laughs> scenes where you're like, oh shit, guys. Your <laughs> yeah. editing department really missed something there. But the, I don't know, the, the scene where she's in the, in the, uh, the air ducts, like that, that's been remade and used. Yeah. Like that when she goes left and then right and then up and then boom, there it is. You know, it's, it's just so, they've done that a million times since. It was the first. Yeah. You know, people forget that the it was the first one to do that kind of thing. So, yeah. I, so okay, back to the remake thing, though. So, so when you're watching uh, the, the remake, so even, uh, as I was saying, if my older son watched the original Evil Dead, he might think it's campy hokey because the effects compared to everything that he, he's watched nowadays. But if you watch the remake made by Fede Alvarez that uh, had the approval of Sam Raimi, uh, it's, it's definitely not an Ash story, and it starred Jane Levy. I would say they succeeded at what they were trying to do. Like, even watching that remake, when you watch her lick the X-Acto knife and splits her tongue down the middle, I was like, I felt uncomfortable, and, and I can handle a lot of gore. I can handle almost anything. But then when I watched that, I was like, yeah, I, did. I don't feel good. My tongue feels like it's in pain watching this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree. Uh, politely, I I don't give a shit about them taking the stories and redoing them, and this is why because there's a way to do it 
and make it new. And that's what Favreau did with The Mandalorian. He took that exact universe, all the same, the Jawas, Tatooine, all the... In fact, he had a... he. You've seen the thing that I've seen. I know you're going to know this quote. He said, it's like we got all the leftover toys and we were told to make a show with like... You had like a Boba Fett that you painted silver yeah. and you had all... You know what I mean? He said, all we got and we had them... Um, this toy that came out that was never in the movies. So they put it in the Mandalorian. This to- It was a carrier for like stormtroopers. They're like, you remember the toy that was never in anything? We're going to put it in this fucking thing. Like they, they sat down and talked about this stuff. So they were doing the same thing, taking a world that we were already familiar with and making it new, uh, creative art with it. And the sequels were not that. They were, let's fucking re- let's redo and hash this crap together as best we can. That's just how I feel. I don't think Terminator was hashing crap together. I do think they were um, returning to timelines and redoing stories that didn't need to be redone. Like, I thought they, they could have... Some of it was really cool, which I, I mixed them up by name. The one with Christian Bale, I didn't care for at all. But the one... The one where he snapped out on all the production crew. Yeah. For knocking over a light. <laughs> well, you got to keep in mind. Okay. You want, you want to quickly digress oh, I, to that? I, I definitely The man that went it. from Batman Begins at 180 pounds of pure muscle to 90 pounds for the machinist and then back to 160 to do the Dark Knight and then right to Terminator. He was probably fucking batshit crazy from malnutrition. Like, the weight gain and loss, that's how I picture it. Like, he was going crazy because of the way he was ruining his body for these roles. Well, that and uh, as an actor, to get yourself in a state of mind to film a certain emotional scene where you're supposed to be angry and emotional, so you work it up, and then the scene's ruined, and uh, it cuts everything, and you have to restart, and you're like, well... And you don't know how many times he'd pulled that take out. Like how many, he might, maybe 15 takes, maybe the light, maybe the light fucked up a lot more than the one take he lost it on. We don't know. We weren't there. I guarantee you there was not the first time that light fucked up when he lost it like that. He was for Christ's sake, how many times? Like I've seen the footage. I know it wasn't the first time. So I don't know. I've been there, man. I've walked out of gigs. I've thrown shit down and walked out of gigs. You know what I mean? And, you know, you come back, you go outside and cool off and smoke a joint. Yeah. But I've walked out and done that before. You know, because you're on stage, you're all adrenalized. Like you said, you're putting on that yeah. that persona. You know, I'm up here, I'm Mr. Rockstar, and then somebody fucks with you in a weird way, or your equipment fucks up, and you're like, yeah, it's just gone. Yeah. So you gotta. There's only one way to respond. You don't just walk out politely. You got to yeah. keep the persona. And go fuck this and, <laughs> and roll. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, uh, when it came to Terminator Salvation, I actually enjoyed Salvation for what it was. If you're not thinking of the regular canon, if you were to put it in like a separate part it's of the Terminator movie. U- uh, universe. Like Rogue One. I feel that way about Rogue One. Yeah. You don't have to care about Star Wars to enjoy it. It's a standalone dope movie. And I agree with you on Salvation. It is yeah. a great standalone movie if you don't give a fuck about anything. If you've never, it's a good way to introduce people to Terminator. Yeah, the, the franchise if they'd never seen it because it's kind of modern, but it's still got a lot of those elements. I'm with you on that. I just thought that the the lady that played um, okay, the other one that's not Salvation is Genesis, right? Yeah. That's the one I'm thinking of. The girl who played uh, the lead in that, I really liked her. Uh, do you uh, do you know these names better than I do? I'm kind of mind blanking <laughs> or mind farting on who on who no. she is. Can we check one and look, look yeah. this up real quick? Yeah, I have my phone too. 
You know, remember back in the days when you would be on your phone near a microphone, you hear into the microphone or into your guitar pickups when your phone would go off? What happened to that? It stopped in like 2010 or 2012, I guess. When we went to 3G, that just stopped. I remember being on stage at the Opera House and my phone ringing and you could hear it through their PA like really loud because it's the Opera House. They like a lot of volume. All right, so the movie we're actually thinking of is uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Okay. Because Genesis was the earlier one with Amelia Clark playing uh, Sarah Connor. I think that's the one I'm talking about that I liked. Oh, Amelia okay. Clark All playing right. Sarah All Connor. Right. She has to save John. John goes back and and she's like, I don't need saving, bro. I know it's happening. You're an idiot. And he gets kind of like dragged along for the ride and they fall in love anyway. I kind of liked that one. I, that one I thought had some more heart than Salvation. Salvation seemed... Um, like, yeah, like you said, just fucked with the timeline too much. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah so that's where I'm at with that. The uh, the Dark Fate, the the newer one that yes. came out, that that was the one that people were thought. Best CGI, though, of any any in the franchise. That, yeah, that people thought was, was woke because of, uh, what's her name, Mackenzie Davis. Yes. But uh, I think she did a brilliant job. I think the character was made brilliantly, and the fact that eventually her cybernetic implants kind of overheated and she needed cooling, otherwise yeah. she would die. So it, she wasn't invincible, and that's what I liked. Uh, so it, it brought a little bit of, uh, I and mean, once again, like a lead female kicking ass, like that whole girls kicking ass thing too. followed in that. Like she was, that was a really cool thing to see her, her, she was just ripping everything apart in that. The CGI was yeah. really cool. The weird thing was Terminator at the T 800 <laughs> having a family. Yeah. That was a little <laughs> just weird. Just kicking it, just kicking it yeah. on an Island. Yeah. I just took over as this kid's stepdad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was a little weird. <laughs> Terminator's not afraid to tread on <laughs> weird ground. Yeah, it's like, well, I couldn't wait, make my way back to the future, so I just made made do with what I had around me, and that involved this lovely family right here. Can I? T we're talking about cool sh cool things that are timeline related. Have you ever seen a show called Dark on Netflix? Like a German show about these kids that go into a cave and then they come out of the cave and it's fifteen years later. Third, no, thirty three goes in thirty pa patterns of thirty three. No. Thirty three years later, and they're stuck. He's like, "Oh Jesus!" And it's it's a, it's a real. It ends up. There's three seasons of this show. Really? Okay. I've I've put I've, it on a list. I've heard about it. Uh, It'll I blow think, your mind. I think I think we've gone past it. But we is one question: Is it subtitled? If you watch it with the English dubs, they're good. They're really good. The yeah. first two episodes are a little bit rough because they're probably finding themselves. So maybe be a little bit lenient. But if you, my mom is the same way you are, and I had to kiss my mom's please mom watch this is going to change your life i'm not reading your show <laughs> and i was like okay i'm with you put it and then so i i rewatched it for her with this with the voice of the english voices i was like that's actually not too bad they're doing a good job and then she watched it that way and she loved it it's got, yeah it's got to be something that'll blow me away to actually to make it through it it's telling you so i'm telling the, you it's, so it's the one it's there, the one so there was a show called marianne that didn't do so well that on netflix that we loved and it was about I check uh, it out it, it was definitely uh, subtitled Yes, or dubbed. I like. I'm down. And uh, we watched it. It was uh, dubbed, and it blew my mind. It was. Uh, it was about a, a witch that possessed people, mm. and uh, it actually had horror elements to it. And compared to a lot of modern day horror, it did what a lot of modern day horror couldn't. And it actually was freaky to watch. And I was like, nice. wow, okay, got to get it. Got to get into it. Definitely worth checking out. Put that on the list. Okay, so if you put dark, I'm going to put that on my list for sure. We need to do this. Um, remakes. So uh, so 
back to remakes in regards to what I was saying with, uh, with trying to bring newer generations into uh, film franchises. Yeah. So where you kind of disagree saying that, uh, saying that the Mandalorian was able to pick up pieces and just kind of continue. The sequel should have done it the way the Mandalorian did it. That, like they, they begged John to like, John, we tried to make people care about star Wars again and it didn't work. Everyone's shitting on us. And they're like, he's like, okay, this is how you do it. And he didn't have Luke Skywalker, Leia and Han Solo to play with. He didn't have any of them. All he had was, like he said, a Boba Fett that he painted. You know what I mean? And these, like, all this dumb stuff, and, and then building his own characters. Like, he had very little to work with. Let's be honest. They just built that crazy volume that they filmed and everything in, so they could keep it cheap. And they just went to town. That's the the sequels couldn't pull off the same suspense, storytelling, writing, any of that with those three vital, amazing actors and characters. Yeah. That John could pull out with a bunch of fucking nobodies. I mean, I know he's from Game of Thrones, but did anybody really give a shit about um, <laughs> Pedro Pascal before yeah. this, really? And he's got an Emmy, I think, he, coming to him over this. Maybe am I wrong about that? Maybe he, not. Maybe he, not him. He is. Uh, he he's was, dope. He he is an up and comer. He he got the helmet on and he's still pulling it off. You know. Yeah. So uh, he was also in um, uh, what's that? Uh, the Kingsman. Yes, uh, sequel. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. He was good in that too. Yeah. And uh, c- upcoming the uh, the Last of Us TV show. Yes, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to all this stuff, man. He's on a roll, and yeah. he would kind of defended Gino so a little bit there. He kind of had her back for a bit, and you know, before, he, then he, he kind of thought he was going to lose his he job did for a bit, and then he did a 180 and switched. And we well, had to. He, they said we're going to get rid of you, and he didn't. You know, they were like ready to cast someone else, I think. And so people were bringing up uh, tweets from his past, and it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, and he just kind of shut up. He's yeah. kind of like. But I, I'll give him some respect for trying. <laughs> you know, I'll give him something, right? I mean, yeah. you know, we all got to feed the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Little Timmy needs to eat, so I'm just going to agree with Disney today. You yeah. know what I mean, I mean, if they want to, they could ruin you. Yeah. I can imagine being like an up-and-comer and then having your first kind of successful role and then Disney drops you. And then you're, you're if Ben Shapiro hadn't uh, scooped up Gina, she'd be jobless too. So some it's people, a, it depends on uh, the the kind of money you bring in. Yes, exactly. Well, how, yeah, how much you can. Yeah, your name I pulls. mean, I mean, as we were mentioning earlier, James Gunn. Oh, tweets from ten years ago. Okay, yeah. you're fired. He's like, "Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Well, thank you." Was it Robert Downey Jr. that was like, and and Chris Evans? They were the big ones that were like, "This is ridiculous." Or what? No, it. I'm wrong. Chris Pratt was the one that was saying, "Why'd you get rid of James?" Like, yeah, he was shitting all over them. Yeah, t- Chris Pratt is also a man of controversy himself. Yeah, I guess. And uh, and so even when uh, a lot of people were shitting on Chris Pratt, he would have the A-listers come to his defense, saying, "Like, no, he's he's a good no, person. Chris he's a good is a person. good dude. Yeah, yeah." He started in comedy. Most guys who started in comedy are pretty good. You know, like, uh, he, it, he's still kind of a comedian to me. Like, I, I just see the Parks and Rec guy, whenever, even when he, even when he's when he's in Galaxy. I just see, you know, I just see him as this Parks and Rec character who just, like, found a, a gun and some rocket <laughs> boots. And he's like, check out these rocket boots, honey. You know, and, and then he just leaves the Parks and Recs and shows up Bert to Macklin. Guardians of the... Yeah, I'm Bart Macklin, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, that's what I picture still, because that's yeah. what I know him as. Yeah. I'm just kind of weird like that. I don't know. <laughs> I had a hard time seeing... Uh, this might be a good segue. Similar thing is... Um, uh, James Marsden, who's in the Sonic movie, because I'm a huge Sonic fan. Yeah. Because uh, he's in Westworld, and which is one of my favorite shows ever. I've talked about a little bit earlier. He's in the first two seasons. Yeah. Not to spoil anything, but 
not. I was disappointed as fuck that he's not in the third season. But uh, he kills it, and he's a cowboy, and yeah. he talks with an accent, and he's like a hunk. He's got to have that kind of thing going, and he kills it. Does a really good job. And then it, I, I watched the Sonic movie like three times. I was like, wait a minute. That's the Westworld guy. <laughs> you know, I was just so focused on Ben Schwartz doing Sonic's voice. And uh, obviously, you know, my childhood hero, Jim Carrey, <laughs> and our fellow can homie Canadian killing the, the Dr. Ivo Robotnik role. So, yeah, that's another one where the, the actor does a good job with the transitioning. Yeah, yeah. When it came to the Sonic movie, what did you think of it? Oh, man, I was so excited. I'm such a big Sonic fan. I was really worried when they got the first... Uh, draft of what he would look like and there was all the <laughs> and there was because this is the thing the sonic um franchise is just so good at disappointing fans like the amount of times they've been like huge build up and then <laughs> is so like sonic 06 you know the trail i remember the sonic the trailers for sonic 06 giving me a full heart on <laughs> you know what i mean as a young man they were so good and then it was the worst glitchy shit game ever and it was unplayable and then I don't know. They've done it a few other times. Forces had a lot. Of, they did give us Mania, but then Forces was a similar thing. So I, I thought, oh my God, they've done it again. They promised us a movie. You know, there's a lot of good video game movies out now. You know, Detective Pikachu and all that had been successful. Like, you got competition, boys. Like, fucking step up. And uh, <laughs> then they actually redesigned it. And that was a huge part of the... Um, the press buildup was just the fact that they listened to the fans, came out with the redesign, and the fans loved it when they gave the screenshots out. That kind of helped it go. And then you put Jim Carrey's name on Jim Carrey. When's the last time Jim Carrey did a relevant movie? Really, like he's still cool, but I just mean he kind of backed out of the Hollywood spotlight for a while, probably uh, ten years ago. He uh, yeah, out of the the mainstream stuff. He he did uh, a show about uh, a a kids show that was kind of morbidly twisted. Oh, and uh, the. Oh, never mind. I'm wrong. Sorry. And uh, and then there was uh, one where he was a, a dark detective. Okay. Where, where he was kicking it with his beard. <laughs> with the beard, yeah. But yeah. this was, it was cool to see him back in his, you know, crazy <laughs> form on, on the screen being crazy Jim Carrey. And he really was like that last scene at the end, spoilers, where he's throwing the, the head and he's like, do some rock connaissance. Like, I bet you, I, I, I bet you a million dollars that wasn't in the script. That Jim was just, they're just like, hey, Jim, you're in Mushroom World. Make something funny up. Like, I guarantee you, like, I cannot wait to see what they do with him in this new one. I love every part of the movie it was funny for kids there were kids in that in the crowd that were laughing their ass off and giggling at how silly he was there was inside jokes to the game there was um comic book references to the archie series which nobody i'm a this is deep nerd shit uh <laughs> the the sonic comic that archie ran is the longest running franchised comic we have to have permission to do it it beat star wars it beat everything it had th almost 300 issues and then this asshole named Ken Penders sued them over some characters and it all fell apart and they had to close the comic down in 2018. So that kind of stuff. But there was references to some characters and some stories there when he pulls out his map and stuff. That was really cool. There was little Easter eggs for people. And then there were the music. At the end, there's a piano Green Hill Zone theme that plays. Yeah. Like, it's just so oh, many, that was, that was so great. many little things that yeah. were cool. And then, of course, you know, spoilers. Your post-credits scene with Tails going, you know there's a part two coming. It was everything I wanted and more. I have nothing bad to say about that movie. Yeah, so speaking of part two, uh, the synopsis has been revealed for Sonic 2. And, and what's that going to be, Mark? Synopsis, I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. Dr. Robotnik, otherwise known as Eggman, teams up with Knuckles to try to get an emerald capable of building and destroying civilizations. Sonic teams up with Tails to get the emerald first so it doesn't fall into wrong hands and is slated for a 2022 release. So it's uh, 
basically Sonic 3 and Knuckles <laughs> as a movie, but without the floating island aspect. It sounds like they're going to be in our world, but the same kind of thing. So what that says to me is we've got Chaos Emeralds, which yeah. means we've probably got Supersonic, which <laughs> yeah. is pretty dope. I mean, I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, my prediction is that there'll be a post credit scene with some hinting to Shadow, maybe uh, with the little spaceship above Earth where he was made, or I don't know, maybe a gun, the the group that he's part of. You know, there's going to be a little reference to Shadow for the third one, but they'll go Knuckles for this at this one and focus maybe. on the Emeralds. What do you maybe. think? I don't, I don't know if they're going to get a a part three. And the reason why is uh, the guy that made the first one, uh, he was involved with part two, but uh, he's since walked. So he's the director. Uh, I think it was the director. Okay. 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 Positive. No worries. I don't know if I, it might be big enough. It doesn't need it. I mean, and I'll, I'll use a, another franchise as an example. Tim Burton did Batman and Batman returns. And a lot of people were pretty, uh, uh you know, they didn't think that that third one was going to do well. Who directed the third one? The guy, they bought, you know, Batman forever. <laughs> it's well, uh, on, wasn't that uh, Joel Schumacher? Yeah, Schumacher. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you, thank you for the because I was <laughs> mind farting on that. But yeah, and and it still sold sh- a lot of tickets. It was still it was corny, but it wasn't a half bad movie. Jim Carrey was once again saving the day. You know, even though him and Tommy Lee Jones almost killed each other on set, I heard. Oh yeah, they yeah, hated they each other. But apparently, it was a really, really it was successful. It made a lot of money. So I think Sonic could be that. They could make a third one. It could be shit and have a different director, but they've built it well enough with the first two. Schumacher also okay. made Batman and Robin, and that movie didn't do so well. <laughs> no, but that, that, see, that's no, that was the fourth one. They were just yeah. milking it. They were just tried too hard at that point. You know, Nip- Trilogies nipples, are where nipples. it's at. Bat nipples threw it off. Everybody, <laughs> me, for me, it was the hockey. The bat ice skates and the hockey. When if I cool down, I can't do a very good... Uh, can't do they a very do good Arnold. Called me in the morning. They do it. Call me in the morning. Yeah, I can't do an Arnold at all. I wish my buddy Josh was here. He'd do it for us. We should get should get him here and save him in the board doing cut to the chopper and do it, do it now. I'm telling you, he would he'll kill it. He's ten times better than me. Save it in there, and we could actuate it whenever it would be funny. It'd be yeah. good stuff. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. So, uh, in regards to uh, to other video game movies, what what do you think? What do you think has made it? What do you think has done well? I think that the thing with Sonic that was cool is that it beat Detective Pikachu for being the most successful video game movie. Because I, I didn't think it could. I was like, it'd be lucky if anybody goes, really. You know what I mean? Until they did the redesign. But Detective Pikachu was, I don't know. I, the story might have been better than Sonic. Sonic was more exciting and was, and was, had a lot more fan yeah. uh Basically, they gave the fans a hand job in the parking lot. And I don't... Whereas Detective Pikachu, like, the first half of the movie, I was just like, God damn it, show me a Pokemon battle and let this guy go get a gym badge. And you'll never... You, but you don't get to see that. Like, it's not no. about that. It's yeah. this story, you know. I don't want to ruin it, but it's, it's, it's the story of this kid finding himself, which is cool, and they did it well, and that's why the story is better, because it's emotional and it's really cool. And I loved at the end when Ryan Reynolds actually is a person. That was awesome. I, didn't, I actually didn't see that coming. I was like, this is a, that was a well, well-done way to sum it up. I thought the story was really good with Detective Pikachu, so that was well done. Yeah. i still going to hold to the fact that I'd love to see a live action like Ash Ketchum with his Charizard fucking up the Indigo League. Like, you want to tell me that everybody our age wouldn't line up for that? Like, who would, like, cast the guy and do it. Like, give us what we want, man. Like, please. And we want to talk about video game movies. We should talk about why there's not a Mega Man movie yet. Like, come on. What, like, 
I've been thinking about this for years. How cool would that be? I've heard. I Google it every month, man. I've, I've heard something nothing. about. Uh, I've heard something about a Mega Man live action. Um, you, Mortal Kombat. You're talking about good video game yeah. movies, so we could probably jump on that one too. So a lot of what did you think of the new one? I loved the new one. Me too. So a lot of people didn't like it because everybody was expecting the tournament to be in uh, the the first film, and whereas on the director, it's kind of like his fault saying like no i wanted to tease everybody mm. and hope that i could just make enough to build a franchise so that we're not rushing it, everything into the the one movie so when it came down to like the original mortal kombat movie uh which the one that we saw when we were kids yeah oh man which, that soundtrack they remixed it for this film i know yeah. it was okay yeah the uh, <laughs> i turned it up pretty loud yeah i loved uh i loved the original uh, movie the the sequel for Mortal Kombat Annihilation was was reaching. I feel like they just plopped a whole bunch of. I wasn't characters. down with that movie. They just plopped a whole bunch of characters. I put that on par with the Dragon Ball this. movie, bro. <laughs> it's just like that. We just can we we're gonna pretend it didn't happen. Kind of thing. Just <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. It wasn't that bad, but it wasn't that good either. Yeah, Dragon Ball movie. Yeah. I watch it to giggle, kind of thing. That's yeah. why I watch Annihilation too. So and then uh, a lot of people had a problem with the fact that uh, they created. Uh, a brand new character for for the new movie rather than just going with everybody else. Um, I hate to be a, the nerd that doesn't know because I do like Mortal Kombat, but which character did they make? The, the main character, the 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 guy that wore the the golden armor, he was created specifically for the movie. He wasn't oh, a Mortal Kombat character, okay. so that that rubbed. Fans. I didn't clue into that. I thought it was just a guy I didn't remember. I was like, <laughs> I don't remember that guy, but he was probably in one of them. Jeez, yeah, there's so many right now. <laughs> well, there's like 13 Mortal Kombat games, and there's a new guy in each one. I thought maybe he's from number 11, and I haven't played them since like. Oh, fuck. I probably bet the last Mortal Kombat game that I went and bought was probably 2001 or two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As soon as, yeah. When you get married, sometimes you just get video games disappear for a little while. <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I just love that. Uh, I loved in Mortal Kombat X, they had. Well, one thing I love about the Mortal Kombat franchise is they keep bringing out uh, pop, pop culture icons yes so, that so is mortal cool. kombat x they had uh they had leatherface they had the xenomorph and they had jason Voorhees. And oh, the, the playing as the xenomorph is the most fun i've done that a couple times at my buddy's place he does he actually used to get us all over drunk and we'd do uh tournaments because he had two screens and we would run tournaments with like yeah. 12 guys at his house it was pretty pretty cool <laughs> i was never sober enough to beat anybody though <laughs> i never got <laughs> past the first round there's uh one thing i loved when i was younger was blockbuster video used oh. to used to hold tournaments for games on the consoles that they had at the end of their eyes my life dude that's my that was my yeah. life as a kid we'd yeah. finish school and we, it was a plan yo did you guys because i uh, grew up in south oshawa and the blockbuster was Oh, six houses from our <laughs> from our school. Yeah. So yeah, we would go up there and be lined up to play. You know, you'd have two kids at the Genesis, two kids at the SNES, two kids at the. No, they had some Jaguar or something that no one was going to buy in the corner, and then they'd have like a Game Boy or a Game Gear, and yeah. every they were all being used. They'd be like, "Excuse me, you guys have to leave." Yeah. It's some really shit. What are you going to do? Well, call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, yeah. yeah. Are you guys going to rent anything? <laughs> do we look like we're going to rent anything? Like, shut the we're fucking. <laughs> we're here to play the fucking games. Look at us. We can't afford a three hundred dollars SNES, so I'm here to play this one. Shut up, or I'll rob you. <laughs> that was the South, and it was beautiful. Uh, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I missed that day. Yeah. So so sampling games was always fun, and then it got so to fun. the point where where they started hosting tournaments. I, 
I never made it to any of the finals, so I never knew what the prizes Video were. Video and arcade, top <laughs> ten. <laughs> I think the last tournament I was in was for Donkey Kong Country. Ooh, the first one? Yeah. Toughest one. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what <laughs> anybody says. They say the third one was toughest or the second one. I mean, the second one, you get some of those levels with the damn vines. Like, they really push stuff. But, I mean, I think the first one was on Mega Man level for some of those cart levels yeah, yeah. and shit. Uh, and then yeah. the last when you, oh, man. Uh, those are well-done games. I was actually, I'm kind of a nerd for this stuff, like in how they graphics processed that stuff. Like what made Sonic better than everything, you know? And it was that they took the three layers of background. You had your foreground, middle ground, background. And yeah. they, ah, it was kind of complicated the way they explained it, but they did something with the processor where they could use each layer and double it if they did a certain, if they only used uh, four colors for each layer. Yeah. Because then you could use the four colors that remained for a second layer. So they were like, okay, so we'll make the water blue, and then I'll use, you know what I mean? They just planned it accordingly for each level, and that's why it looks so much thicker and more layered and more lush than other games at the time. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I love that kind of nerd shit and the processor to make him go faster. And uh, I don't know. I just think that that, that, that uh, kind of like totally lost my train of thought, I think, with that, <laughs> to be 100% honest. <laughs> Did you ever play Battletoads? Yes. I was playing, actually playing it like two weeks ago, to be honest, but I did play it when I was a kid. So, um, that's so, a tough game, man. Yeah, so that spaceship you, is easy to fall off of. So you being uh, uh, currently on PlayStation means you haven't played the remake. Or yeah, I know. I'm it's old. not. It's not so much a remake. It's kind of like a. It's just a sequel. Yeah, and uh, it's so well done that uh, the story is now in just animated cartoon form. So you're watching a Battletoads cartoon, and then onto the level, and then. In between, another cartoon into the level. So, yep. so you're just straight up watching an animated cartoon. It's fun. It still has the the, the difficulty. So, like when you're on, it's those, still hard. Yeah. So when you so in the original game, one of the most impossible parts was obviously when you're on the hover bike <sighs> trying to jump over those hurdles, getting frustrated. And I'm glad I'm not the only person that thought that was the hard because you got past <laughs> that and you're like, why isn't that the last level for fuck's sake? Yeah. Man, the yeah. controllers. So they they have it. In, in this game as well, but rather than being in side-scroller view, it's uh, now just going up. And uh, Okay, what do you mean? Is it still 2D, but going up? Or is it like you're from behind them? It's you're you're they're be going up. you're behind them, and it's it's like a race car kind of view. Like if you're driving a race, like you're doing a racing game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so still the same thing. They have that, checkpoints. That would be easier. They, they <laughs> that just immediately makes it easier. It's nowhere near as hard. Yeah, yeah. You can't see the the thing coming straight off the screen. Uh, but uh, it they definitely made it easier with uh, checkpoints. So oh. now so now there are more checkpoints, but it takes a while to get to the checkpoints. And I remember being little playing the game and having such a hard time. They should trying, have a setting. If you put it on easy, there's more checkpoints. Like, I've, I always think that every <laughs> game should have that I'm retarded and I'm not good at video games because that's me. So, like, like we were talking about Fallen Order. I was like, it had a I'm retarded and I need help <laughs> setting. And I put it on it and I had a great time playing the game. I still struggled because I'm yeah. horrible. Yeah. But I still, at least I had fun. Yeah. So Battletoads needs this. <laughs> it really fucking... You know who else, what else does is Ghosts and Ghouls. That needs a fucking I'm retarded setting so that you can fi maybe finish it. So my uh, my seven-year-old was six when we were playing through Battle Battletoads because it was uh, cooperative. And we, yeah, were, we were trying to do the hoverbike sequence. And I'm glad that they had the checkpoints because if it got to the point where he died... And we had to reset it all. <laughs> it would be, it would just be give up. But, be, but it, 
every time you made it to a checkpoint, it would bring back the person who was out in. So, yeah. <laughs> so every time, uh, Parker, my son's name is Parker. Every time we were playing, he would die. I'm like, oh, Parker, you're out. I'd hit a checkpoint. Parker, you're back in. Oh, my God. Pick up the control. I'm back, I'm back. And then, back, oh, oh you, you crashed. You're out. And then back in. Oh, my God. And it was a constant cycle of, yeah. which was great. But then it got to the point where there was a side level where it was almost like a roller coaster part where um, it's best played with two people. But you have to have two people who know, know what fully they're what doing. they're doing. Yeah. And I couldn't get past that with Parker. So, that's, so that's where the game halted for me. And I couldn't, I couldn't make it past that. They need to have easy settings for this kind of stuff. <laughs> make it fun for the kids. But then you get ghosts and ghouls where they're just like, this isn't for kids. You need to quit your job if you want to beat this game. That's why. Why are you doing this to me, guys? Yeah. Yeah. That's one game I highly recommend playing. But you're on a different console. So one thing I love about current gaming is with the way Microsoft has been trying to just throw out cross-platform play, a lot of a lot of platforms are willingly accepting. So Nintendo will do cross-platform play. They just they have Among Us now on Nintendo Switch. That's great. PC. I'm pretty excited about one of these. PC obviously obviously works with Microsoft in line. You can do cross-platform play. PlayStation, they. They did it where it's like, okay, cross-platform, yeah, let's do it. And then afterwards, they took a step back and they said, wait a second, let's charge the developers if they want to do cross-platform play. How's that working out for them? <laughs> <laughs> so now the developers have to pay extra if they want to, if they want everybody to be able to play their game. And that, that's a little frustrating. But something else that uh, was announced recently, which is actually stiff competition... Competition. Competition. Com competition. New like word. That. New word. Competitive. It's like it's like when you're too competitive. It's if you're too competitive. Yeah. You're at a competition. <laughs> you need to change this back to a competition. Yeah. You're at a competition. Yeah. Settle the fuck down. Competition. It's easy. <laughs> I like competition. it. I like it. I like it. I'm gonna use it, Mark. All right. We're gonna normalize it. All right. Stiff competition. We heard it here first. For, for the Nintendo Switch is the Steam Deck. It's uh it's a little handheld basically computer that Right now, when it launches, it's going to have the Steam platform on, but Steam says themselves that it's not specific to Steam. It is a computer. They are giving you permission that once you buy it, it's your hardware. You can put Windows on it. You can run Xbox Game Pass on it. You can... So, they're, they're allowing... You can choose your operating system, you mean? Yes. Oh, oh very nice. Yes. You can't do that with very many... That's one of the reasons why I... am the asshole who bitches about video game industry being garbage. And <laughs> I miss the... Sega versus Nintendo days, you know, and I really do because of that kind of stuff. So that's kind of cool. I like yeah. that that you can and they they have uh, it. they have three different models. One's a sixty four gig model, which that's you, not very big. It's not very that's big for for today's games. No, uh, you get two games on that motherfucker. However, on Steam, Steam has mm, a lot. You're of right because of the streaming yeah. aspect of it, but still, that's like. Eight or nine gig per. You're able to run, so it's it's a mini powerhouse. You're able to run uh, your entire Steam library on it. So any game that's on Steam, which is almost every game that's released, you can play on this thing. So that's where it gives the Switch stiff competition. I like So that. you get the uh, 64 gig version, which comes with a carrying case. That's $500 Canadian. And then you get a 256 gigabyte version, which is that's get, more like it. Which is getting Still more only expensive. Still a quarter terabyte, though, man. Yeah, which is getting more expensive, and that's 659 dollars. Oh my but god! Is, is the terabyte a million dollars? Like what <laughs> the? F to put in uh, to put in hand game platform, 
things are going to get a lot more expensive because you're True. making everything mobile. So it it runs with a solid oh, state the drive. The mobile aspect is huge. Yeah, so it runs with a solid state drive, so everything's uh, faster storage. Uh, it also comes with a carrying case and an exclusive Steam community profile. Then you can get the 512 gigabyte option, which is $819 Canadian. You get an exclusive carrying case. There goes my kid. <laughs> yeah. You get an exclusive carrying case, which is uh, even more exclusive than the two hundred or the five hundred and twelve gigabyte version. You get a virtual keyboard theme and an anti glare etched glass on the the face of it. So you can run your full Steam library. AMD created a custom APU, uh, a Zen two plus RDNA two, to run AAA titles. So it's a little powerhouse. A dock will be sold separately, so you don't have to buy a dock to run it. You can plug it in. You can plug it into charge. Yeah. Uh, Sixteen gigs of RAM within oh, it. Okay. So you say that a little slower for me. Sixteen gigs oh, of RAM yeah. within it. A seven inch. Uh, is that upgradable? <laughs> no. No. Does it need to be? <laughs> I like the sound of that. Seven inch touchscreen, twelve eighty by eight hundred resol- resolution, sixty hertz refresh rate, dual mics on the unit. So you can just plug in uh, headphones and you can still talk. You can play online with the Steam Deck. It's got mics built in it. Uh, USB Type-C to charge, Wi-Fi display ports so that you can still hook it up to your TV. So you mm-hmm. have this little powerhouse computer that you can hook up to your TV or other monitors. To So to it's finally happening where game systems and a really powerful PC, there's the line between them doesn't exist anymore, yeah. really. Yeah. This is kind of it. You you could say that, but then you're always gonna have to have to see have people Can say. You, do you want to pretend to be that race. guy? You're saying, yeah, 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 be that guy, please. Yeah. Uh, it also PC has, master race. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. It also has uh, Bluetooth. It's intended to be open platform, so you, as I said, you can install Windows Game Game Pass, Epic Game Store. Uh, just not sure how non-Steam games will run because Steam games you can run the entire library, but you're eventually going to have upgraded games on these other platforms where it's like, okay, you might be pushing the uh, the CPU in in your handheld. Could possibly run VR, but not necessarily optimized for it. They don't want people to be locked in one way. My so, buddy's got so one of those nice. Oculus things, and oh, it's so good. Oh, so yeah. much. It's so much fun. I yeah. can't wait till that's the normal thing. Like you, you just like plop something on your kid's head and you're like, there, go play Sonic. And he's just running around the living room doing it. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, that'll be a cool, we're going to get there. Like the Jetsons. <laughs> it's, Cause that's what I do. I go to his house and that's basically, I walk around his apartment doing the, you know, well, my, well, my, my oldest, he's got uh, the Oculus quest too. So he, he does play VR and there, there are VR games that I want to play, but I'm still, Classic, gotta hand me a controller. Even when it comes down to gaming, I don't like the point and click with a mouse, so I'm I'm not so PC. So even when I'm playing PC games, I'm still using a controller. I just prefer. Okay, I I'll just I'll give you that. But when you uh, when you do the Oculus thing and it's like there's a zombie shooter game in there, I don't remember what it's called. It, 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 when you sit down with a controller after doing that, it's you're like, wow, this is not as you know what I mean. It, it's, it's you almost feel like you've downgraded because but when then, when you're just you know shifting your body weight to shoot zombies, like you're really into you get really into it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Like you get you get you know what I mean. I get into it with a controller, but when I don't have one, I can kind of. It's kind of fun. Well, there's still the stuck there's with the still the uh, the older generation where it's like uh, my stepdaughter's nana. Well, uh, like. 
she'll play Wii. Yeah, loves Mario it. Kart on the Wii, and she's you know turning, all the old people love entire, the Wii, man. But she's turning her entire body into the steering. Like, oh, oh, I got to turn right. Hang on, let me. Yeah, doesn't up realize my elbow. you can just go like this. <laughs> she's not understand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's fun. That that I think they do this on purpose to entertain the younger generation. <laughs> I do it. Yeah. By the but, way, I gotta compliment you on your shirt quickly. I did. I, I just like the past five minutes realize you have a Dunder Mifflin shirt on, which is. <laughs> but and we were talking that. about just how the in. office is one of my favorite well i just think it was it kind of started the whole uh, mockumentary thing well even think about such a cool way even well we were discussing remakes even think about the office u.s that's it's, a it, remake. it is a remake of the and that, do you like the english one because i never cared for it it's funny but it's not i, I tried to get into it and i i, I couldn't get into it i it's, like Ricky it's Gervais, but it's, no. i'm not knocking it by any means by because any means there's there's well a shot and it's well written yes there's a different uh sense of humor out there so different things make them and laugh it's funny in its moments things. yeah but, but they can't touch even, Dwight, man. Dwight fucking... He's the, one of the greatest characters ever invented in my life. Incorrect. The greatest character in the entire... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How many memes does that guy create? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the, the thing about The Office is uh, season one, when it launched, it was harder to get into because it was cringier. The comedy was a little more dry, and uh, the network realized that, so they, they kind of brought it back a little bit for season two. People are afraid of things they don't understand. And I think that that first season, people didn't understand it. I still think it's a great season. It's funny, but oh, it was yeah. just Michael Scott's character. Like, what? who did that before? Who done that before? No. <laughs> it was the driest shit on the planet. I mean, the Trailer Park Boys were doing dry shit, like mockumentary stuff like that up here in Canada, but nobody knew about it at the yeah. time. You know, in the States, it wasn't until it was on Netflix they found out. We've been doing that for 10 years before The Office. <clears throat> but at the time, <laughs> yeah. they were the first ones. So. Yeah. Yeah, but but then I th- I, th- I don't know if it changed that much. Did it change? Do you think it changed in season two and three? Like a lot. Definitely, of- definitely. Yes. Okay, maybe yes. I'm just really bad at observing it, it things. It definitely it definitely changed. It's it was still edgy and to go from season one to season two into what it did by the end is why half the people out there today think that the office couldn't make it if they continued on because it was so edgy and racy. However, if it did continue on, Michael Scott maybe make an appearance or two in it, it would be Dwight running the business with everybody else that was there. That would be so funny. They tried to do that a little bit late, late, late in the, late in the, in the season, like seven, season seven or eight or something like that. Yeah. They once, uh, oh my God, I can't believe it. Steve Carell got too famous and worth too much money to be part of it, right? And then he kind of effed off when they had the, what are they? No, actually, well, at that time, he was actually talking about leaving, but it wasn't so much that he wanted to leave. But it was him talking about leaving that the network was all like, okay, you're gone. Yeah. And, oh, and, really? then, and then he's like, no, but I want to, I want to do that. And then they're like, no, you're gone. No, 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 you're gone. That was a dumb move. I didn't realize that's what happened. I just thought he, he, like his schedule was just probably so packed with all these hit movies and he was probably making millions doing them. Whereas opposed to the thousands he was making on the office, you know what I mean? Like he just grew out of it. That's that, what I thought happened. That was my first take on it too. Uh, I'm glad I was wrong. Because uh, Steve Carell definitely was uh, getting more famous while making all these other movies. He, but he apparently, got too good for it. But he apparently did. while filming The Office, he was still off making the movies. And he's, he's still able to come back and do The Office. Cool. The One of my favorite movies, he did Date Night with Tina Fey. <laughs> any, any, anybody on the planet that doesn't laugh at that movie, I don't know. You know, human, <laughs> man. It's very funny. Yeah. A lot of people uh, towards the seventh and, seventh and eighth season, even into the ninth, didn't like the route that it took 
after Carell was gone, they said that they lost their leading man. It was no longer funny. It was a bit of a stretch for me because I didn't like Andrew Bernard, but it followed the way that he was written. Um, oh, the guy who did Ultron's voice, <laughs> he was... Remember James Spader, yeah. James Spader was the boss for a little while. The Lizard King, yeah. That was a horrible season. I, I liked it, but because I'm a weirdo, I understood why it was poorly written. It was... The story went everywhere. There was no direction compared to other seasons where it was just so obvious they were building things up. What I loved... But I the season after where they gave Ed Helms the lead, they said they got rid of David and, or Spader, and they said Ed Helms kind of took it out. I thought that was a way better. What I did love about James Spader was that he was the the working professional, and he was the guy that, when you think of uh, the quirky uh, cast that plays everybody else, if they're trying to make it in a professional world, that's where you have Spader come in and like, no, you're you're not up here. You're not up to par. <laughs> this is what it is. And everybody wished that Michael Scott could have met Robert. Yeah, Every, that would have been crazy yeah. good. That would have been a scene. Oh, it man. Would, it it would have been Because even just having Dwight, him and Dwight's interactions were pretty legendary. Like, that would have been, that was cool. That was cool enough. But, yeah, that would have been pretty neat to see. And it was kind of funny, too, because when Michael Scott came back, spoiler if you haven't seen it, for the <laughs> season finale, I think it was the finale, series yeah. finale, when um, yeah. Dwight marries Angela. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, like, he wasn't Michael Scott. He was he had like no script. He kind of just stood there. It was very it was it was weird the way they brought him back, and he wasn't really in character. He almost seemed like Steve, more like Steve Carell he than had, Michael Scott at that point. It was a really weird way to end they, it. They only gave him a, a couple lines because there were so many other things that they wanted to focus on. So they gave him yeah. a couple typical Michael Scott lines. But originally in the cast reading, the table read, it was actually Creed that that uh, read off those lines. Mm. The uh, the kids marrying each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a parent's dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> that show is so good. <laughs> Incorrect. It is not that good. <laughs> yeah. So I I still think that it could work uh, moving on with a newer crew. But the only thing is you have so many original diehards that would be stuck to what it originally was. And that's where it would suffer because you would have too many people attacking the show. I agree. I think some things should just be left to be and it's it's it, I think that like the to sit down and watch the office especially the whole Pam and Jim story like it's a it's it to watch that front to back it it did its thing it did its thing that was leave a be- it be that was a beautiful storyline but to me the the best storyline was Jim and Dwight to watch Jim them and go Dwight, from yeah. pranking each other to being best buds at the end bestest bestest mensch <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it, it was beautiful and the funny thing is behind the scenes rain and and uh. Hell's his name? John Krasinski. Krasinski. All I can think of is his crazy, crazily (laughs) Jewish name. (laughs) uh, Or I guess it could be kind of Polish too. Is it Polish or Jewish? It's one or the other, and it's a lot of one or the other. But uh, yeah, is that um, they were really good friends behind the scenes and still are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's kind of cool when you see that kind of stuff, when you see the the friendships happen on scene. Same thing with uh, Channing Tatum and... uh, uh, the guy you did Twenty Two Jump Street with, Jonah. They they're su- they they didn't really know each other before that, and now they're super tight. Like yeah. they party together and yeah. hang out. I think that's kind of cool. The the last four episodes of The Office are probably my favorite. Uh, I love the last. Four. I'll and, give you that. And that's and that's where they are buddies, and they're trying to make everything work. When when they uh, are working together, they're an unstoppable force. Yes. All right, everybody. Uh, 
my guest today, Alex Cobbett. You can check me out on Facebook or check No One Drowns out on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. That's the band. Yeah, and yeah, you can watch me play some games on Twitch at ArmyShot, spelled with a zero instead of an O on Twitch as part of Shot Game. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. Have yourselves a good night. Be safe. Peace be with you all.